Welcome to a Meaningful Marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real life stories. I'm Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of the Meaningful Marketplace. Because we believe in the power of local craft makers to reinvent the way food and beverage products get to market in Oregon. Our vision is to inspire, mentor, support, and assist local producers to reach their fullest potential. Thank you, Market of Choice. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. And welcome to Missoni and Marshall, the Meaningful Marketplace. Thanks for joining us as we hear the stories of female food entrepreneurs. We're glad you've joined us live today. We're still honoring our social distancing and calling in for the show. Since we're a live radio show, we think it's important for us to be here with stories of hope for all of our pals out there. Sarah, how are you? I'm pretty good. I had kind of a rough week last week, and I wanted to dedicate this show to uh, one of our beloved food entrepreneurs here in the Portland area, Mr. Matt Choi. He was um, taken from us by... An unfortunate circumstance. And um, if you'd like to go to GoFundMe, you can actually um, make a memorial there for him. Yeah, thank you for um, bringing that up and dedicating the show to Matt. He was very special to all of us. And this one's for you, buddy. Yeah. If you have uh, any food news that you want us to share, we would love to do that. You can send us a message at Masonian Marshall on our Instagram, or you can visit startupradionetwork.com. We want to help you spread your good news about awards, products, anything you got going on. Well, it's not just Sarah and I. Today, we are joined by a special guest. I would like to welcome Robin Rosenberg, also known as Bobby of Bobby's Boat Sauce. She is a local sauce maker here in Portland, and she is the spearheader of Sauce Aid and a member of the Pacific Northwest Sauce Makers Group. Welcome, Robin. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. It's nice so to good. have you. It's so good to have you on the show. Uh, we were just hanging out the other day. We yeah. did um, a cool event at Pizza Jerk to celebrate yep. a new sauce with one of our other sauce making buddies. And it was kind of the first event that I had done outside of the farmer's market. Yeah. Was it for you did to you well, sell it, sauce? Yeah, I don't do, I do not do the farmer's market. So it's, it was I think it was my first event of 2020, which is crazy. And it was just so nice to see like other people, like other sauce makers in person. I That's mean, how that I was felt. was just worth it. Too. There was just about what, there were six of us there huh. in the parking lot of Pizza yep. Jerk. And I think that I was like, 
79% happier after that event. <laughs> because, oh, totally. Because it was just so good to see people. I hadn't seen anybody in so long. Yeah. And um, I saw f- friends. We were in um, Northeast Portland, which I'm usually on the Southeast side. And yeah. um, I saw friends that I hadn't seen since before the pandemic. And it was just so nice to be with all of our pals. It was really yeah. cool. Yeah, it felt almost normal. Almost. Um, chilly. And I was also in a costume that was not that was not considering the temperature. So that oh. was my only my only complaint was that I was What were little, you dressed as? I, I was um well, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. I my you know, my sauce name is Bobby, but my real name is Robin. And um I'd been wanting to do a, a get up with my dog for a while. So I dressed him as Batman. And I was like Robin from the comic, from the sort of like old school Batman TV show. I feel like leotard, yellow cape. If it, if it would have been a costume contest, I think you definitely <laughs> would have won. <laughs> I think so too. I think it so was too. so good. Well, you, you we kind of brought up um, the name thing, so let's clear that yeah. up right away. So, because I don't want people I to I get, <laughs> no, I don't want people to get confused because I feel like I'm confused all the time. I so know. if I'm talking about your sauce. Like as a business, I introduce yeah. you as Bobby. Yes. But if I'm yes. talking to you as a person, I introduce you as Robin. But sometimes I just get mixed up, and then you know, to me they're interchangeable. And I wish I I hope that like other people are okay with that um, because I feel like I'm both. Sometime I um I became Bobby um, for two reasons. One is because. Um, when I created boat sauce, I knew I couldn't trademark boat sauce. So I needed, I needed to add something to it to make it, you know, trademark worthy. And at the time, um, I had my best friend's, um, young kid, Lewis had, I was, I was aunt Bobby to him. I don't know. I somehow I got the name Bobby. And so I did have like a handful of people know, like calling me Bobby and Bobby's boat sauce just sounded great. It is alliterative, and my own name, Robin Rosenberg, is a little bit alliterative. So that seemed natural, but I just haven't been able to like fully commit to renaming myself in all aspects of my <laughs> life. <laughs> I don't think I would, um, but I just have to tell you when I did the Google search uh-huh. of Bobby's boat sauce. You were the first thing that popped up, but the second yeah. thing that popped up was vinyl boat sauce huh. for polishing boats. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Boat <laughs> sauce is a, that's, that's actually. So I was thing. wondering if your next <laughs> sauce could be called boat bling. Oh, <laughs> well, I have a whole product line I want to develop under the boat moniker. So I've got, yeah. Like boat so dust just keep an and, eye yeah. on those vinyl yeah. sauce people. Cause yeah. You don't well, want and you them. wouldn't want people to confuse it. Cause one you can eat and one you cannot. That's true. You can put Bobby's boat sauce on your boat. You cannot right. put vinyl boat sauce in your mouth. So when, <laughs> when you came to me, you were kind of, right off the boat and you're yes. like 
I made the sauce and I think I want to put it in a bottle because I made it on a boat and I'm going to call it boat sauce. And you were telling me all about how you'd come yeah. up with it. And I, can you tell everybody that story? Yeah, it's a I'd nice love story. to. So um, this is, this is t- back in 2015, actually. Um, I had this amazing opportunity to do a, um, a three-week sailing trip up in the Inside Passage Uh, My friend Paul was doing something like an eight week tour, you know, starting in Washington, going all the way up to Alaska and then coming down. And most of it is through the Canadian coastline. And uh, he um, he invited me up for a leg of it. And so I flew to this like remote fishing village and, you know, I don't know, 1600 miles away from here and, um, and spent, I don't know, two and a half weeks, um, on a sailboat. It's the most like remote trip I've ever been on. And about halfway through right around the summer solstice, um, Paul caught a fish off the side of the boat. It was a rock fish. And he looked at me and said, what are you going to make for dinner? Because I was, you know, sort of the designated chef and, Um, I told him to grill it and I went down into the kitchen and I used this as an opportunity to clean out the refrigerator, which is like one of my favorite pastimes, um, on or off boats. (laughs) I just, I (laughs) like to clean out a fridge. And so I found like all of the stuff that needed to get used up. I found like a half can of tomato paste, um, some salsa, some onion. And I just started building this sauce on the stove uh, with this, with the concept of like Indonesian sambal sauce. So Mm. um, something that was going to be like tangy and spicy. And, and I, we had fish sauce in the pantry. And so I just kind of like, just, just kind of started whipping this up and, and adjusting the flavor. And I added at one point it got too, too tangy. So I added a little bit of maple syrup and, and so I had this kind of chunky red sauce and it had tomatoes and like, it didn't have everything that boat sauce has now, but it was, um, it was kind of sweet, tangy, spicy, and umami and we sat down to eat and we had grilled fish, jasmine rice, and some sliced cucumber. <laughs> and I remember Paul was like, oh, this is good. And then I was like, no, this is amazing. <laughs> I just had never had anything like it before. And I love to cook. I've been in and out of food professionally. And I just had, and I love sauce. And I just had never had to, to, to try something that you really have never had before is a really unique experience. So it was pretty much on the boat. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to call it boat sauce and I'm going to make it a thing. So then I came back to Portland and I started uh, messing around in my kitchen and I sourced the ingredients that weren't on the boat, like fresh chilies and um, fresh turmeric and, fresh ginger and, and stuff like that. And, um, and I whipped it, I, you know, created it on my stove and I put it through the Vitamix. So it was like kind of emulsified. And then I brought it to you, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> I, wanted like, it in a, I wanted it in a squeeze bottle. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. 
Yeah. And I remember you going like, oh, yeah, this is different. <laughs> you hadn't had anything like it before that's either. such a good Sarah no, it wasn't crazy. <laughs> also, also, everybody I, asked me is this different is it good should I do it I'm like and I'll be like was, yeah I've never tasted this before it's pretty good I was actually told by people that you would that you were kind of like she's not gonna let you know if it's good or not like don't be discouraged if Sarah Masoni doesn't like, you know, go crazy for your product. I feel like that was the <laughs> word I got, but I was actually, I, I thought you gave me some really like complimentary feedback. So I was really encouraged when we left. Can you remind me what that was? Cause I can never remember what I did. You were just like, yeah, this is, this is good. You should do this. <laughs> that's that's my memory of it. I'll go look back in my diary, but um, it was, it was, it was, I was prepared for like, you know, I was kind of like prepared for like the Simon Cowell of, of Oh no. Boss. <laughs> I think I've only You're done that Randy. to maybe two or three. I could like name a few people on one or two maybe one and a half hands over the last 20 years where stuff has been super bad. Yeah. Well, I tell this story all the time, but Sarah actually did do that with me with one of my sauces. She told me that one of the ones that I brought in when I was first launching, I was starting with four products and she told me that one of them was ugly. And she she was like, your everything else is so beautiful. This is going to be the one that no one buys because it's not pretty. I was like, oh my God. okay, I will fix it. Tell and I did HP brown salt. I know. Well, so it was, I was mixing um, red, and red chilies and green chilies together. Oh, okay. Uh, different kinds. And so, I, I mean, all I did was clean it up. I just yeah. used this. Everything is exactly the same, but I just only did red chilies. And so, and she was right because now it's one of our most popular sauces because it is so beautiful and everyone sees it and they're like, I don't even know what this one, like what you're telling me it is. I just want it because it's so pretty. And, and I mean, she nice. knows what she's talking about, yeah. but yeah. I had to oh, be o- does, yeah. open enough to listen. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> I think yeah. sometimes people will be like, you know, I, this is the thing I made and I love it. Oh, and, right, right, right. Know, I'm just going to do it anyways. So committed. Yeah. But this was yeah. like, she, she was totally right. And I was able to, to hear that and to listen to that. And so, yeah. I it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you have to be careful because you don't always want to listen to everyone's advice, but you do yeah. want to listen to mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other, the other advice that you gave me was, I mean, I was like really intent on tweaking it to like be this like platonic ideal of what I thought it should be. And at some point you were like, you just got to do it. Just get it out there. It's never going to be like, yeah. you're always going to be able to perfect it. And that was really, I, I mean, you told me that at the exact moment I needed to hear it. Well, cause you came and saw me a few times and you're, you couldn't, and I was like, yeah. Come on, get the sauce in the bottle <laughs> yeah. already. Well, you, yeah, you should talk to my co-packer too because I did the same thing with them. Yeah. Oh, so you yeah. have a co-packer? So I, yeah, I, I work with a co-packer. Um, when I started Boat Sauce, I that that was the um that was just like the business model that I chose to. That was that was the route I chose because I was working full time and I've 
been in food um, in my 20s and 30s, and I know how hard it is. Yeah. And I just kind of was like, I don't want to be working in a commercial kitchen at 10 p.m. uh, on a Wednesday to get the sauce out. Uh, So it took me a lot longer to, one, to find a co-packer that would take on my product and to get the formula right. And, you know, and, and it's like, it's give, you know, it's like, there are things that I would have done differently if I was doing it myself and you lose that experience. And, um, but it, it's what I, it's, it's the path I chose that worked for me at that time. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Also because you're, I mean, you're, you were working for an ad agency. So you're mm-hmm. more on the sales and marketing side of the triangle of having a food product. Yeah. In my opinion. I, I suppose. I mean, I'm not, yes, I guess so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I think don't that, think I'm always the best. I think it's hard to be the best marketer for yourself uh, sometimes, but yeah. if you can, yeah. Well, I like your website because you have like, you can buy one bottle, two bottles, three bottles, four bottles, <laughs> six bottles. <laughs> well, I wrote all the, co- I think it was an excuse to write all the copy, which I do like to do yeah. um, for each of the products. But yeah, I mean, it, knowing that I was launching, um, like launching in Portland, but wanted to get um, more outreach in, in the rest of the country. And I only have two SKUs, which are my classic and hot. Um, I just thought I would offer, you know, as many bottles as people want, but without, but in, in, in the form of many products, (laughs) if that makes sense. (laughs) I mean, I liked that. I thought that was cool. And I think what you have written on your website and in your, um, blogs, is really sassy. Oh, thanks. I mean, it sort of portrays what Bobby would be like, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the Bobby I was going for, kind of an alter ego. Yeah, I like that branding. Yeah. I think um, I was going to say too because we were talking about co-packers. I think the nice thing about starting with one is that your product will remain the same, you know? So like sometimes people start out, you know, maybe in their home kitchen or something, and then they switch to a co-packer. And I mean, the, the product changes. Yep. And yep. so then, um, then everyone has to get used to that. Yep. And so I think for you, it's a great place to start because then you can grow and it, and you just have your co-packer make more sauce, but it's going to be the yep. same. Whereas, yep. um, you know, if you do it, the way that I did, it's, it's so challenging because it's like every time you get some kind of big order, you can't just go to someone and be like, Hey, can you make this for me? You're yeah. like, good. <laughs> can I yeah, do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I it's, and it's, it, it took forever. It took forever getting the formula to a place that I was happy with just w- working with one co-packer yeah. and scaling up and working with their ingredients. Yeah. It kind of creates like a long longevity of consistency which is Mm -hmm. is really nice where you don't have that if all of a sudden you have to switch everything up you know yeah um I wanted you to talk a little bit about sauce aid Mm -hmm. um because that was a super cool thing that you started and so yeah let's tell people about it okay I'd love to yeah so wait um, wait wait. we gotta take our break okay (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and we're going to hear all about Sausaid. <laughs> right on. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace. Committed to serving all Oregonians with the mission to advance the science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production. We are inspired by the creativity of food innovation, new economic opportunities, and new experiences. Because food brings people together. Okay, Robin, why don't you tell us about Sauce? Hey, yes. So uh, back in, I think this was the end of March, uh, we'd been in quarantine for about, what, two weeks, three weeks. Um, and it all the restaurants were shut down and we were just starting to see the impact of the shutdown on small businesses. And I... I think Sarah inspired by you a little bit. I was, I was just sitting around thinking about like ways to talk about the sauce community um, that we're part of on social media. And I was just kind of like writing down ideas and hashtags. And um, I, I called a friend of mine because I was, I was like, I, we need a hashtag for, you know, something's catchy. And um <laughs> so we're just kind of shooting ideas at each other. And he said the word, he's like, why don't you use a sauce aid? And, uh, and it just, it got me like thinking about um, if you grew up in the eighties and you experienced live aid or farm aid or all of those, you know, blank aid movements, they were um, people coming together in the form of entertainment to like, raise money for a cause like famine or, you know, stuff like that. And, and so I immediately just envisioned like all of us sauce makers making a music video, like we wouldn't be able to do it in the same room, but, you know, just kind of like mimicking that idea of, um, you know, a recording studio and people getting really into like the, their, you know, their ballad and, um, uh, and then raising money at the time, it was like raising money for, um, restaurants and getting restaurants like back up and running again, because that seemed like the, that seemed like the biggest tragedy of the year so far. Um, and I also have a, like an, a robust, um, community of friends who are really talented. So I called my best friend, um, whose children call me Bobby and, and, uh, and she's a musician and she and her husband wrote this ballad called pass the sauce. And it's like a total eighties, awesome power ballad. And it's all about kind of like pulling up together, standing up strong for restaurants and each other. And I spread the word through all the sauce makers. I think I sent it out. I think it was at some point it was like 30 different people. And um, we got people to film themselves singing this song. I got another uh, friend of mine um, who's an editor to cut this all together, which was like no small feat. And we started putting together a website and finding nonprofits to partner with. We found uh, the first nonprofit we found was called Family Meal PDX. And it's a nonprofit that um, helps out of work um, 
food and ag- agricultural workers pay off medical debt. Um, but it was also at this time, by the time we were getting ready to launch the song, it was like right right around Memorial Day weekend when um, uh, George Floyd was killed uh, by uh, police in Minneapolis. And just the whole entire world fell apart. And it didn't seem to make sense to launch this, even though the, you know, the intent was like good. It just, it just, you know, it's like 2020 has just been a year of like the problems shifting and compounding everywhere. And it didn't feel like Sausage was, was going to like make a dent in anyone's, it wasn't going to make people happy that week or in, in any future week um, with everything going on. So we took a beat and we also at that time found another nonprofit to partner with. And we kind of, we just pivoted from just selling downloads of the song to everybody donating product and selling off these mystery boxes that all the proceeds went to Black Futures Farm and um, the Black Food Sovereignty Coalition, which is a um, which is a local nonprofit that is a farm. It's a um, educational resource for uh, Black communities and our um, neighborhood. And it's also it also gave me the opportunity to just meet amazing people and connect them with other folks in our community. I, so that's the gist. I think that <laughs> it is a prime example of of a perfect pivot move because I think the intent in the beginning was to do something good on a smaller level, but what mm-hmm. ended up happening is that it was bigger. It supported what ended up being a bigger important mo- you know movement in that moment and it raised a lot of money for yeah, we ra- people yeah. that needed it. How much did you, know you guys that? raise? We raised over 12, I think around $13,000. Oh, that is a lot. Are you still it, fundraising? Um, No, because <laughs> no, n- not at the moment because the, it, the bulk of the money was generated through the sales of our donated mystery boxes. And oh. You know, it's we have a finite amount of product that we can donate, and the logistics of that were were pretty. Um, they were pretty trying, but I have yeah. to say, Sarah, like, I mean, I don't, I can't take. I, I want to. I thank you, and I agree that the pivot was key, but I think, like, you know, the pivot worked so well because it actually at that point. I was depending on other folks in, in our group for feedback. And at that point, it really was like a collaborative effort um, rather than at the beginning, which is like, Hey, here's a dumb idea. Everybody participate in what I want to do. And, you know, we'll all have fun doing it. Like at that point, the pivot was like, we, I really needed everybody else's creativity to make that um, come together. So so where is the, the song now? Is it just sitting on YouTube? So it is on YouTube. And if you go to www.sauceaid.com, um, you can see everything that we did. It's all, everything's still up there. And in fact, you can, um, I think you can still donate for downloads of the song. Um, but I think what we will do for the future is I'd like to see this kind of a, as an annual 
um, expression of our community. So maybe next year, I think we've been tossing around some ideas around cookbooks, but something something creative that all of the local sauce makers can take part in and raise money for um, a different cause that's you know relevant to our to whatever we're facing in 2021. I mean, and you can self-publish some pretty cool little books. It doesn't cost yeah. that much money. Yeah. That's 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 something that we're really um that I'm that I'd be really excited about. I want to put a recipe in there. You yeah, should. For yeah. sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it was also really nice for all of us as a group to um feel like we were working together for our community because I think that's what we yeah. all wanted to do at that time and and I think you know some sometimes it, in this moment and in this year we can all feel a little bit paralyzed to do anything you know so it mm-hmm. just was like okay yeah this is something that we can that we yeah. can do and that is going to um you know benefit these awesome farmers in our yep. community and and let people know about them like that was the other thing was like yep. we we're helping to make all these connections which was really cool to see yeah. happen yeah, and it's it's more meaningful than just kind of like, I mean, it's it's we had the means to be able to donate product, and people are getting something back for donating money. Um, it was just really satisfying. Did you guys hear about the um, Makers Coalition Bazaar on Mm-mm. December fifth and sixth? No, I don't think so. Tell down. tell us about it. Um, it's a group of BIPOC chefs and food makers that are going to showcase products during a holiday season over at the red. Oh, cool. And they're, they're looking for sponsorship. So I didn't know if Sausage could turn it back self back on and be a sponsor of that event. Um, they're just trying to cover the cost of using the red. Yeah. Well, that's, Something that we will will pick up on a email thread, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I didn't know about idea. it. Well, and we can um, get more details and tell people about it too, because maybe sometimes yeah. sometimes our people listening can be sponsors as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hey, Robin, will you? Um, I forgot to ask you in the beginning uh, to direct our listeners to where to find you. So yes. if they are looking okay. at you on Instagram or your website. Um, it's all pretty, it's all pretty much, it's simple and it's pretty much the same. I'm, um, at Bobby's Boat Sauce on Instagram and it's B-O-B-B-I-E-S, no Y. And, um, bobbysboatsauce.com is my web, web address. And, um, on Twitter, I'm at Boat Sauce Bobby, but I'm, just come back in a year and look at my Twitter feed. It'll be much better. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Twitter's a little hard. Oh, um, Twitter's. I really want to master it. Yeah, I guess everybody's quitting Twitter. They're really pissed off at it. <laughs> it's oh, a little hard good. to manage. I get I get sucked into it. You know, it's kind of like um, I'll go in to be like, oh, I'm going to post about this thing, and every it's, uh, you know, my buddies are going to be into it, and yep. then like I start reading stuff, and I'm like. <laughs> uh, yeah, well there's a lot of different twitter realities yeah, yeah it's 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 either depressing or it's overwhelming and then you just think like i i don't know how to make an impact here i like you know i can't get 23 followers you know i don't know how to what do like, you think actually... your? i mean what do you think your biggest impact 
piece has been? What have, what have uh, social media has helped you? Um, well, I enjoy, I mean, I enjoy Instagram a little bit too much. I, I had some, um, I think that, uh, at the beginning of the, um, pandemic, uh, while we were all shut inside, I started making cooking videos for Instagram and those, um, I mean, I don't know how many followers I got from them, but my, my friends, (laughs) my friends love them. My, my father hates them. But um, I think that uh, <laughs> why does your father hate them? He probably just hates me. He thinks that he's just every time I post one, he tells he gives me like like technical critiques. <laughs> Maybe it, he should be know. your production manager. <laughs> yeah, tell him oh, to help no, you. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, he's just like you say um too much, and you know all the things. I mean, they're they're the Instagram cooking videos are actually like they're not trying to actually be good. They're sort of showing this, the more like bloopery side they're casual. And they're, um, I was hoping that, I mean, at the beginning, what was happening is that I would just mess up on every recipe that I was doing. And I had put so much time into it that I was like, okay, I'm just going to show, you know, everybody messes up cooking beans every once in a while. And I was going to show what it's like when you cook beans for, you know, an hour and a half and they're still not done. Um, (laughs) so that's, that's the, like, that's, that's the, um, the fun part of the videos, but my dad didn't understand why I was like promoting my flaws so much. Um, (laughs) well, I, um, I can totally join with you on that because I, I've been doing cooking demos and I was doing them for a way because I felt I just miss people. I miss like, teaching people. I miss talking to people. I miss being around people. And so I was like, you know, people were asking me different stuff about cooking at the market. So I started doing some, but you know, I tried to involve my daughter in one (laughs) just this last week. And it was, I mean, it went as exactly as I thought it would. I, I said, okay, well, why don't you do this thing in the beginning? And then I'm going to introduce you. And then I'm going to be like, okay, and you're done and you'll walk off and we'll be done. You can do that. Right. And she's like, yeah, I can totally do it. So then what happened actually is that I was like, okay, bye. And, but I was talking to the people that were watching the show, like, Sarah, I don't think you were on that one, but like, it was like my mom and my brother and like all these people that she knew. So she heard me talking. Yeah. So then she's like behind me, like this, like this backup dancer, like there's a little bench behind me. So she's like dancing and making faces behind me and is like saying hi to everybody. And I'm just trying to like keep a straight face and try (laughs) to cook and I can't like be like dude get out of here you know so I'm yeah <laughs> trying to hold it together but that's like real life you know like yeah. I feel like that's what it's like to be a parent right now when you're yeah. working yeah. from home like well, your I child is kind of want to see that too I think yeah. that we want to see real life more than oh, yeah. we want to see all the perfected yeah, yeah. it's just the way it is yeah. so I Let's think not you fake it anymore <laughs> no need to fake life <laughs> And I it's know. okay to say, um, when you're talking, because that's what we do when we're that's thinking. That's what we do. So dad. Hey, okay, dad, get off her back. <laughs> so Robin. Uh, I'm definitely not. So you've had your this. sauce for a while. Do you still like look forward to opening a new bottle and figuring out how to use it? Or are you kind of like, uh, well, looking for the new joyride and thinking of your next product? Um, well, that's, I mean, I'll, I suppose you want an honest answer of that. Sometimes I 
need to take breaks from boat sauce to some lately, to be honest, I've just been eating very bland food because I think I've needed to kind of like actually take a step back from um, bold flavor. Uh, I don't know why. I, I think that's okay. Um, but it helps me get back into it. Um, just, just like yesterday I made like a braised pork stew and kind of returned to using my boat sauce. Um, sorry about my dog, if anybody can hear him, but, um, uh, I have a couple products that I'm trying to like light a fire under myself to start, um, manufacturing and, and they're kind of in the, in the, um, flavor profile of boat sauce. So, mm. um, I want to do like a, a dehydrated product, uh, product. Mm. Um, I'm calling it boat dust and it's kind of a, it's, it's a shakable boat sauce <laughs> and, um, you know, just like a, like a seasoning. And, um, I also, have this product I don't think either of you have tried but I, I make it for friends um it's called boat cheese and it's like a pimento cheese um boat sauce flavored pimento cheese Ooh, yum and yeah and it's just about trying to figure out how to make that commercially uh because it you need to start with like real sharp cheddar and um, figuring out how to, you know, figuring out what equipment I need. And, and it's back to that whole commercial kitchen thing. Cause I don't think that that goes through a co-packer. Yeah. It's hard with refrigerated stuff like that. Nobody wants to co-pack it, but I have an idea for you that you could do is that you could talk to new seasons about having it in their deli. So they would actually make it and you would give them your sauce. And then they could sell it out of the deli case because there's like yeah, restaurants and, and other makers that are doing that kind of thing. And so that could be a good way where you don't have to do that piece mm-hmm. of it, you know? I love it. I love Idea. it. Yeah. Actually, so, they could make it with left the cheese stuff. Actually, this would be a good idea for them. They could use the cheese pieces that haven't sold because that's yes, always an issue yes, in the like cheese a, case. Like a fromage fort. You know, it's just, yeah, that's a great idea. Oh, I love it. You can solve um, a problem for them. Yes. With your Rainy spicy season. sauce. Um, <laughs> but I'm, but I do love to cook. And a lot of what I do is like recipe development around boat sauce. So, um, you know, I have, like I said, I have two skews and the classic I use more as a cooking ingredient. And the hot I use more as a condiment. So I'm always using, I'm always kind of like have the, the a bottle of classic out and pouring it into whatever pasta sauces or stews, um, marinades, etc. Uh, our listeners like to hear about um, challenges that you have resolved or, you know, things mm. that they can learn from. So anything that um, has come along that's been a challenge or that you wish somebody would have told you? Oh, well, I mean, the the co-packing situation was definitely a challenge um, because it was really discouraging for a long time. I mean, I, I created Boat Sauce in... 2015 and it took three years to get it to market because I was turned down by so many co-packers at the beginning. Um, 
And I think just like, I think every, (laughs) everything that I've done has been a hurdle at the beginning. I mean, getting, uh, navigating a website and getting, you know, figuring out how to create a product line with two products and, and make a like full web page from that. Um, figuring out pricing, figuring out packaging and shipping. Um, it's, you know, I think the, 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 our food, our Pacific Northwest, um, like Google group has been super helpful with that. Um, I think finding somebody who's like three steps ahead of you, uh, and just like letting them, (laughs) Like letting them tell their story and not getting dis- not getting like discouraged by where you are in the process. Um, like Rob Metnick at Secret Aardvark has been a huge like supporter and teacher of mine. And you know, they're in such a different place. And just hearing him like our first meeting, he's like, You're exact, you know, I was pretty like I was still looking for a co-packer at the time and he was like, you're exactly where you should be right now, which is like not knowing what you're doing, but he's like, you know, hearing somebody tell you that you're kind of like, even if you haven't gotten where you think you should be, that you're still on, on the way, uh, is really helpful. And I also think that finding somebody that's a few steps behind you is also, I really encourage that. I like being a, being an advocate to somebody that's just starting out, if you know, it's not like you can go seek that person out, but if somebody asks for help, like, you know, it can, it can help you to, to just remind yourself like that your next challenge is not insurmountable because you did this, all this other stuff that the person who's seeking your advice, like needs to get through as well. What a great suggestion. And also it lets you reiterate what you've just learned. Yes. And that's such great value for other people who are starting up. A place to find people to mentor would be through the Getting the Recipe to Market class. They Mm -hmm. have twice a year. There's 15 new companies starting twice a year. And so... Um, actually just contact Hannah or Jill and let them know, I want to mentor one of your new students. Totally. Yeah. It just makes you feel like you've achieved something. (laughs) (laughs) Times a day where you just, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's easy to, it's just, it's easy to discount your successes, especially now when you're not seeing people. Well, and Um, I think it's it's just good to be part of people's lives and journeys. I mean, it's, you know, as a business owner, you're isolated a lot, especially if you're just running it on your own. And I think it's a good way to keep us all connected to just provide information or even just to provide hope. Like I answer every question that comes my way um, Mm -hmm. from someone who's thinking, who makes jam at home and wants to maybe sell it or, um, you know, whatever it is. I mean, I answer everyone with like, I love that you're making something. (laughs) I don't know if I can help you with that, but it's super cool. And let's say, you know, here's the information I have, or here's a person that can help you or whatever it is. But I just think it's like, I want to be part of other people's journey, not the person that stops them or tells them 
they're not going to be able to do it or how challenging it is. Like, I just want to give people hope in the world because I think there's enough yeah. of the rest of that out there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And nobody gets here by themselves. You know, that's yeah. the other thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, one thing that I've been thinking about since we have the availability of um, Zoom and all these other platforms where we can meet with people all over the place, I've been um, speaking a couple times each session at an incubator down in San Francisco. Mm. And just for fun. <laughs> just to I went through like 15 different people, all the different projects they're working on. I just asked them what their product was, what their immediate problems were. And I just gave them a few solutions. On it's a like Zoom. Yeah. Speed, speed dating. It was totally yeah, speed sure. dating. They had me come back a second time. They're like, can you come back again? That's, that's a, that yeah. sounds perfect. Yeah. I love I mean, that. Yeah. Also just, just, uh, being able to identify and advise other people in their problems. I mean, it's, it's the classic thing of like, you know, if you could just take your own advice, um, it's, it's just, it's when you can't figure out what you're doing or this, the solution, it's really refreshing to be able to give somebody else that just that kernel of insight and just yeah. be like, yeah, okay. It's awesome. somewhere. <laughs> the answer yeah. is somewhere. Yeah. Uh, do you have an ideal customer? Um, I mean, no, that's, I think I'm supposed to. Um, I mean, my ideal customer is like, is food, is, is culinarily adventurous and sauce dependent. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel like I'm not my ideal customer because I tend to make everything myself from scratch. So like, why would you buy, you know, that's, that's how boat sauce was made. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that I, I think that my, I think that boat sauce has, um, brings a lot of creativity to whatever you're eating or cooking with. And so I think that I, I like to think that my customers are themselves pretty creative in the kitchen or adventurous with food. And, um, and I get that feedback from people too. Um, they're not like, you know, heat seekers or, um, it's, you know, it's not a product. I mean, it, the hot can be, is pretty spicy, but it's not, it's not like there to like, you know, curl your hair or straighten it or whatever. <laughs> I wish it could straighten oh, mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, me too. It saved me a lot of time I'm, every day. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but you always want what you can't have. So if you yeah. have straight hair, you want it curly. I'd want it curly. I'd get in a perm probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, we really like to uh, send listeners to buy from you directly. So what mm -hmm. is the best place that they can do that? Um, so yes, um, bobbiesboatsauce.com for direct, uh, sales. And in fact, right now, um, I have my, um, holiday gift boxes up there. They're beautiful, um, silk screened boxes that contain a bottle of each boat sauce along with recipe cards and stickers and they're pretty special. They make great gifts. So that now's the time to go online and do some shopping. Um, 
and also um, in tons of local stores. I don't do markets right now, but we'll see what happens with the holidays. Um, and maybe in 2021, we'll get back out there. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> no yeah, one knows. It's up in the air. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just kicking it down, kicking the can down the road. <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be a while. Yeah, I do too. That's okay. More, more Instagram videos to make. <laughs> you, have, yeah. you have more cooking in the kitchen to do. Yeah. All right, Robin. Well, unfortunately we're out of time. It goes uh, by fast. It does. It was so great to talk to you too. It was delightful to have you on the Thank show. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. For over 40 years, Market of Choice has been supporting our local farmers, ranchers, fisher folk, and entrepreneurs. We believe the way we source products has a positive ripple effect across our great state. That's why we're proud to offer over 7,000 local products to our stores, and the majority of our purchases support our robust regional food system. To find the Market of Choice nearest you, we encourage you to visit our website at www.marketedchoice.com. At Market of Choice, we buy local, so you can too. And uh, Robin, your Bobby's Boat Sauce is in Market of Choice, right? Yes. Yeah. So you can get it. <laughs> we record Masonian Marshall live every week. Tune in Fridays at 9 a.m. at startupradionetwork.com or find us on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you to our audio engineer, Alon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you want to be a guest on the show, just reach out at startupradionetwork.com or send us a message on Instagram at Masonian Marshall. We will be back next week. Bye, everybody. Bye for now. Committed to serving Oregonians with the mission of advancing science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production, Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are inspired by the creativity of new food development. We strive to find new flavors, new economic opportunities, new experiences, and honor diversity. We are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace because good food brings people together. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.